Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. You know, there's a lot of fear surrounding the issue of coronavirus in our world, and the women that we minister to on the sidewalk feel this fear as well. But how do we bring faith into the equation and help them to trust the Lord in their situation? Please join us as we talk about this biblically. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast. Appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. Appreciate you guys sharing this podcast and our other podcast. Our last podcast, I think, it was a real blessing. Was the podcast with the former abortion clinic escort? That was um, awesome. Yeah, with Kevin, it was yeah. just an awesome testimony to see what the Lord did mm-hmm. in his life and ultimately what the Lord's doing through him and just being, you know, at one time on that side of the sidewalk and now on this side of the sidewalk on God's side. I believe. Yeah. Great and, perspective. Uh, unique yeah, perspective. Absolutely. So it's just a tremendous blessing to have been able to share that with you guys. So please, if you hadn't listened to that, check that out, share that, share this podcast. But let's hop into it. What subject are we covering today, Vicki? Well, we bring so many of our subjects from our experiences on the sidewalk, and this is one we definitely have been experiencing, how to respond to increased fear in abortion-determined women during the covid pandemic yeah that's 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 a pretty small title maybe we can add some more to that you think? <laughs> not enough quite enough words to really grab yeah, the audience yeah. yeah yeah that's a pretty long title actually and you know we'll maybe trim it down for the podcast but for you guys listening <laughs> this will give you an idea what we're focusing on because right. it is something in the midst of this pandemic mm-hmm. that we have faced on a regular basis mm-hmm. that fear and the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And that's, that was specifically spoken by Paul to Timothy, written by Paul to Timothy. Mm-hmm. But we take it as encouragement as believers. Right. And so we're not supposed to walk in fear as believers, although sometimes we do succumb to fear. But unbelievers, it's kind of the natural bend of people just to be afraid right. when you've got a global pandemic on your hands. And yeah. we can debate over whether or not it's been blown out of proportion or, or whatever. But the fact is... We're dealing with something, and there's a lot of people who don't have their roots deep into Christ and His truths and the fact that He is our life and all of that. Unregenerate people are afraid, and we have to deal with that on a regular basis. Right. And and so what we had noticed in the early months especially of the pandemic was that there seemed to be a whole lot more abortions, maybe double on some of the days. And I actually did a little bit of research into that. And in the article that will accompany this podcast, we give you the reference to this article. But abortion statistics are difficult to find. Oh, yeah, they are. Especially current. Yeah, and even when you find them, they're sometimes difficult to decipher how they apply and all of that sort of thing. And the Guttmacher Institute is one of the main places that we often go, but it's a very pro-choice sort of website. Planned Parenthood's statistic wing, pretty much. Yeah, so you kind of don't know how much to trust them. Yeah. But um, this wasn't from Guttmacher. It was in a USA Today article, but they give the reference. But anyway, they said that anecdotal evidence, they don't have exact numbers, but but they agreed that anecdotal evidence from abortion providers indicates that abortions increased dramatically during the first months of COVID. And that is definitely what what we saw. And what we also saw, again, anecdotally, we didn't do research, but that women seemed less eager to interact with us yeah. and harder, 
hearted yeah. and harder to convince to maybe consider a choice other than abortion. Yeah. Well, we did a podcast some months ago mm-hmm. um, talking about this very subject of fear mm-hmm. and dealing with the spirit of fear that a lot of these women are under and understanding that spirit of fear, not not using or allowing um, that justification just because they're afraid it's okay for them to come to an abortion clinic and kill their child. Right. But we do need to have an understanding of the people that we're ministering to. So go, go back and listen to that, guys, because this is going to be along those same lines, I'm sure. Yeah. But it's... In light of, I mean, that was done before the the pandemic or right. anything like that. So right. this is going to be specifically in light of that. Yeah. And, you know, I've heard, it's not been, it's a couple of weeks ago, I had a conversation with a young lady at the abortion center here. And one of her major concerns was that her baby, she felt like she was exposed to the coronavirus um, and that she maybe even had COVID-19. Yeah. Um, she was afraid that it might affect her baby. It's one of the reasons why she was considering an abortion. Right. She didn't want to have a baby with birth defects. Right. And I've heard that. I've heard quite frequently that people have lost jobs. Yeah, absolutely. The schooling situation has added a burden on our entire nation and world. But the people that are probably most severely affected by that are unwed single moms. Yeah, because absolutely. all of a sudden, they have to be home with their children to school them, and they can no longer work. Yeah. And they're the only income. Yeah. So well, That's I a mean, tough spot to be in. They're very you know, hard here's issues. Here's the thing, guys. We have to, because it's it's easy for us who know that abortion is murder, know that it's wrong, it's easy for us just to write off the issues that people are dealing with. There's a balance, though. There's a balance in that, yes, we don't justify. There is no situation that a mother is facing that justifies her murdering her child. Right. We understand that. We know that. If you don't agree with that, if you disagree with that, then you probably are listening to the wrong podcast. Right. Or go back and start at the first podcast and work your way through. Exactly. Because hopefully we'll change your heart on that. (laughs) Exactly. But that being said, we don't just write off the issues that the people that we're trying to minister to right. are dealing with. We don't right. just say, well, that doesn't matter. That's not a justification for a murder. Yeah. You know, that doesn't matter. You, we can keep on. It does matter, actually. Yeah. It certainly matters enough to them that they're at an abortion clinic. So if we're going to meet them where they're at, and we're going to try to come in the midst of that crisis and bring Jesus in that crisis, mm-hmm. we've got to be willing to accept the fact that these people really feel like it is a crisis in such a way that they're willing to come to an abortion clinic to try to help mitigate that during this the first few months especially of covid i think we were seeing more people that really were very conflicted yeah felt that there because fear was driving them so strongly because of the intensity of the fear with covid they were feeling abortion was their only choice but there was conflict i'd see a lot more women weeping a lot more women that would stop and start crying and tell me but i have to do it as opposed to just people barreling in, giving us the finger, and racing in through the door. And statistically, women who have conflict fare much more poorly following an abortion, in the aftermath of an abortion. So this is a troubling trend, that there were these women who were clearly more conflicted. Again, anecdotal. I don't have proof of it. But the research has proof that women who are conflicted don't fare as well in the aftermath of an abortion. Yeah. So what do we do with all of that, knowing that we have all faced it here in Charlotte and talked about it? These women are so frightened because of COVID. 
And again, we're a gospel-focused ministry, so we go to the gospel. Yeah. And I was working through this and, and working on the article. I had about five or six aspects of fear that I thought we could address. Okay, let's tackle them. And and, uh, along with some scriptural help in in addressing that issue. So the first one, uncertainty of the future. That's a big one that we would hear. The future is always uncertain, of course, but it's particularly uncertain when you're facing this pandemic that no one seems to know anything about, especially in the early days, all kinds of conflicting facts that were being, so-called facts, that we were being given about it. So the first point, I think, to reassure women or anyone of fear of the future is this is a constant. Uncertainty of the future is a constant whether you're facing a pandemic or no pandemic. Yeah. I mean, one thing that's certain is that uncertainty will always be there. That's, that's a good <laughs> that's one. That's one thing that's, that's a good one. And, you know, Proverbs 27.1 says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Yeah. God tells us over and over again, don't worry about the future. Yeah. You don't know if the future is ever going to arrive. Right, yeah. I mean, one wise preacher said tomorrow is found on a fool's calendar. We don't have That's tomorrow. Good. We yeah. need to think about today. Now, obviously, there's a scriptural dynamic that we need to plan for the future. Mm-hmm. But when we only think about the future and our worries are wrapped up in what's going to happen tomorrow, the next day, then we don't in the present make oftentimes good decisions. Right. You know, fear is a terrible driver for decision making. We should not make decisions based on fear. Yeah. You know, another dynamic that... that kind of goes hand in hand with this. And I've talked to a lot of young men, actually. Uh, I, I can take a, think of at least two or th- maybe three recently at the abortion center where they've said, you know, I don't want to raise a kid in the midst of all this craziness. And then, so they're talking about the pandemic. Mm-hmm. They're talking about the violence, the, uh, the, the riots, the, the riots mm-hmm. and the, all this stuff going on. It's mm-hmm. just this crazy world that we've got going on. I mean, let's, let's face it, 2020 has it's been, been rough. insane <laughs> on has. so many levels. Yeah. And they're like, I don't want to raise a kid in this crazy world. Now, I will respond, mm-hmm. and maybe you tell me, maybe on okay. right now here okay. on this podcast, you mm-hmm. can rebuke me and tell me that this I shouldn't Daniel, say this. that's nuts, right? That's nuts. Okay. You shouldn't <laughs> respond like that. But when they say that, I don't want to raise a kid in this crazy world. It's, you know, people are shooting each other in the streets. There's riots. There's protests. There's a pandemic going on. And one of the things I respond, I'll say, yeah, it's so bad that people are killing their own children. Yeah. (laughs) And you're here to do that. Do you want to be part of the problem or part of the solution? Yeah. Well, you know what? Piggybacking off of that idea, what I was going to suggest as a response to this is you're right. The future is uncertain, very uncertain, and probably increasingly uncertain with this pandemic. But there is a certainty that if you walk in that abortion center and you take the life of your child, your child's dead. Yeah. That's certain. Sure. And, and so bumping up their fear of the uncertainty, which could be bad, could be good. None yeah, of us knows. Sure. But the certainty that they're going to kill their own baby, and that's a very bad yeah. thing. So yeah. I think that's a practical way to, to deal with, with right, that. Right, yeah, helping them understand that out of fear, if they make a rash decision, what's certain is that I, I shared a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago about a young lady who had chosen life here at the abortion center who I'd talked to back and forth for a little bit. 
And she was talking about this very thing, some of the uncertainties and some of the things like that. And she even talked about regret. And she said, I know I'll have regrets Mm. if I have the abortion. Mm. And I'm not sure that I'll have regrets if I have the baby. I Mm -hmm. said, well, so you have a certainty. You know, you're certain in your mind you're going to have regrets if you have the abortion. And you're not so sure. And you may or may not have regrets if you have that baby. Why don't you... Why don't you just say, hey, I'm, I'm certain in this area and I'm not in this area. So go with the thing that, you know, you have some uncertainties, whether or not you'll be doubtful, whether yeah. or not you'll be um, regretful if you have that baby. Yeah. And that wasn't what changed her mind. There was just God was doing a lot of stuff. She ultimately changed her mind and just it, it was it was a tremendous story. So it was a great way of taking the uncertainty and turning it around exactly. to work in the favor of the choice for, for the child. And that, yeah. that's a great counseling technique. Yeah. So good job there, Daniel. Well, by the grace of God. <laughs> of course, always. So no matter what, here's number two, no matter what the future holds, no matter what, we are to obey God. Yeah. Because the choice to abort your child is rebellion against God. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. And and so, let's see. I've got a verse for that one. Okay. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit, yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills. We will live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, no one knows the right thing to do. I'm sorry, to one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. That's James 4, yeah. 13 to, to 17. I thought that that was really good talking about. You don't know what the future is going to bring. But you do know that you should be following God's will. You should be yeah. doing, and you should be saying, as the Lord's will, I will do this. And if you know what's right and you don't do it, then it is sin. Yeah, and it really brings into the equation trusting the Lord. Yes. That's why it's so important that in all of these conversations that we have, that we bring God into the equation because he's there anyway. Right. These moms, even the ones who are atheists, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, or claim to be atheists, mm-hmm. are thinking in some way about God. Right. They're thinking in spiritual terms a lot of mm-hmm. times, and they're feeling guilt for even coming to an abortion clinic. A lot of times they're feeling guilt for making that appointment and all of that. So we need to remind them, God is in this equation. Mm-hmm. And it's really, and you heard me say often, it's a yeah. trust issue. Yeah. Are you going to trust the Lord in this situation? Are you going to trust him with the future, or are you going to trust abortion? The future is mm-hmm. uncertain. Is abortion going to make it more certain? Mm-hmm. Is a, The future is unsure, it's unsecure for everyone. We can't secure our own future and all the things right, that we do. Right. Um, are we going to put our security in abortion? Or are we going to put it in the Lord? And I think helping these moms to understand that dynamic, that it's really a trust issue, is helpful yeah. when it comes to this. Yeah, exactly. And to really point blank say one is following God, one is not. Because oftentimes I don't think they have thought of it in those terms. Yeah. They've rationalized that and made it seem that it is okay because they're facing this terrible future and poverty or whatever, so it's okay yeah. to kill their child. Here's another one. Okay. God does not call us to a spirit of fear, which is what you talked about, mm-hmm. but in the midst of calamity specifically, that we're not called to fear just because struggles 
have increased, which they have. There's no doubt my struggles have increased yeah. with, with this pandemic. All, all of ours has. I, I hate wearing the mask. It's very hard to breathe. But um, And I think uh, the psalm, one of the most wonderful, well-known psalms, 23.4, verse 4, really points that out. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So the psalmist is describing really the most fearful thing of all, yeah, the shadow of death. And he's saying, even though you were in that most fearful of circumstance, you're not to fear, not to fear evil, because God is there, and he has the tools necessary to protect us, and he will comfort us. And I think that that is a very positive message to give to these women who are walking through their own valley of the shadow of death. Yeah. Literally, they are. Yeah. And that, you know, to communicate that Mm -hmm. takes us just calming down for a second. Mm -hmm. We're talking to a mom going into an abortion center or maybe car side because she's pulled over to talk to us or she stopped on her way in um, to calm down Mm -hmm. and to really reason with her. And to really try as best we can to infuse hope into a hopeless situation. Yes. Because they are feeling fear. Mm-hmm. They are feeling hopeless. They are feeling uns- unsecure. Um, what brings security? The hope that God brings. And mm-hmm. so us to speak, and again, we're not compromising um, the truth. We're not saying that abortion is just a mistake. It's, you know, it's murder. Mm-hmm. We can be very plain about that. And we're not minimizing the fact that they have legitimate fear. Exactly. But we're saying God is there. But we're saying that there is hope Mm -hmm. for this hopeless situation. Mm -hmm. There is hope for you and for your child. Mm -hmm. And that the unsecurity, the unsurety that you feel, Mm -hmm. God knows it. And he's made provision for you and for your child. And Mm -hmm. again, it it goes back to that issue of trust. Mm -hmm. Will you trust the Lord? He obviously trusted you with this child. He placed it inside of your womb. Could you trust him? Yeah. Could you trust that even though there's a lot of unsurety with coronavirus and all the craziness, that God is faithful? Yeah. And many of these women, the vast majority at least that we minister to here, would uh, would speak of the faithfulness of God. Mm-hmm. They were raised in church. They know yeah. what God's Word says. God's yeah. Word is very plain about God can be trusted, mm-hmm. that He's good in the midst of bad situations. This psalm itself, yeah. Psalm 23, is just evidence of that. David mm-hmm. going through that valley of the shadow of death. Yeah. And maybe even sharing this this scripture with a mom going yeah. into an abortion center. Yeah. When you have time to talk to her, we've probably all heard that passage. Yeah. Right? That's the most quoted passage at funerals. Right. We've all dealt with that valley of the shadow of right. death. Right. But God is faithful in that. Yeah. Yeah. And, he, and the stories of the Bible from Genesis on are the stories of people facing impossible circumstances, and God rescuing them. Yeah. So there is plenty of stories that you can bring from the Scripture that can encourage women, hey, you are not alone. Throughout history, people have struggled and have faced really, really hard circumstances. But when they trusted in God, they made it through one way or another maybe it's only that maybe not in this life but in each you know maybe it means in their eternity with god but he is there and he is faithful yeah so one of the things that they speak of often as they drive in is that 
their life is out of control. They cannot control particularly the pandemic. They have no control over whether they're going to get it, whether other people are going to wear a mask or not wear a mask, whether that even protects them or not. So there's all this loss of control. And I think a good principle to remind them of is to take control of what we can be certain. And so the, the, the verse that I thought of was 2 Corinthians 7, 1. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. We can be certain that God has made promises and that we can trust those promises and that we, our role in the midst of that is to perfect holiness and how? In the fear of God. Yeah. Which is the fear of God following, obeying, trusting in awe of what he can do. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it in one sense, and I believe this is borne out biblically, that which we fear becomes God to us. Mm -hmm. And if your fear is, and your main fear is coronavirus, Mm -hmm. you think about it, what is is a God, I I say this in little g Mm -hmm. terms, a God is something you give sacrifices to. A God is something that you you uh, work to appease Mm -hmm. and you want to be reverent of Mm -hmm. and be careful around, Mm -hmm. at least in the human mentality. Mm -hmm. And people are like that toward the coronavirus. I mean, this thing has their fear. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm not trying to throw people under the bus that are afraid of this and and are cautiously um, using wisdom and all of that. That's not what I'm trying to do. But we can't be in constant fear of this virus or any other thing that's going on in this world because it ultimately will become God to us and it consumes our thoughts and it consumes our heart energy and all of that. Ultimately, the Bible tells us we should fear the Lord. Mm-hmm. We give reverence to Him. Yeah. We we defer to Him. We don't, you know, and it, we're forced to do it in one sense is to kind of craft our lives around the coronavirus, yeah. make sacrifices, make changes to our lives. You think about it. When you became a Christian, immediately changes came in your life mm-hmm. based on this God that now you fear. Mm-hmm. And you were able to make changes and sacrifices in your life, do things that are sort of abnormal mm-hmm. for you before you became a Christian. Mm-hmm. Think about how we're doing that as a society now and even as individuals where we're crafting our lives and doing things in our lives to try to appease coronavirus so that we right. don't... Yeah, we don't want to mess with that thing. We don't want to make it angry. Right. You know, it's it's the mentality that a lot of us are dealing with. Yeah. And and you know, in taking control of what we are certain, I I don't want that them to then think, well, they're certain that abortion is the answer. No, what we're certain of is that the sixth commandment is thou shalt not murder. And that abortion violates that commandment of God. And that God is the one ultimately who holds eternity in their hands. Not this virus. It's yeah. God. Will de- He's the one that ultimately, you know, saves us or doesn't save us from from COVID, and yeah. and saves us or doesn't save us for for all eternity. So that's who we should, like you said, fear, and we should do what we know He has told us to do. Yeah, and it certainly is not to kill their child. Yeah. <clears throat> so how about this next one? A faith. This one I use a lot. Uh, it, during this COVID period, I think I've, I've started using this a lot. A faith that is only trusted when things go well 
is not sustaining faith. COVID, I think, has not created a lack of faith. It's revealed it. Yeah. Um, because it's such an overwhelming circumstance in so many people's lives, and it's so terrifying to so many people. So if someone claims to have faith, well, will they have faith through this terrifying circumstance? Right. Yeah, and you think about it, God God allows things to come into our lives so that we can see, really, is our faith genuine? God knows God knows if our faith is genuine, but it helps us yeah. to judge our own hearts. Yeah, Faith is really born out mm-hmm. where the rubber meets the road. It's mm-hmm. not just in some uh, profession of your mouth mm-hmm. that you trust the Lord, but mm-hmm. when it really matters, do you trust the Lord? And I think yeah. that can be communicated, and I have communicated that with young men and young women, and I know you have too, yeah. in yeah. front of an abortion clinic. Mm-hmm. And it can be communicated in a gracious way, not an accusatory way, because we want to be careful in this scenario that we're not just coming across as accusatory. Well, you're not mm-hmm. trusting God. You mm-hmm. should trust God. Mm-hmm. No, but you can say things in such a way, and you can ask questions. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that really is helpful. Is, is saying, yeah. "Hey, if you if you claim to trust God, mm-hmm. do you really trust Him in situations where it's really hard to trust exactly. Him? Because that's where your trust yeah. is born out. Yeah. And really, if you're going to go in that abortion clinic, are you trusting God?" Oftentimes, you can get these women to admit, because they believe, that this baby is precious mm-hmm. and that God would never have them take the life of the baby. But as I say sometimes, they put their butt in the way. Yep. <laughs> they know what it is to obey yeah. God. Yeah. And we do that, you know, if we're not careful, we do that on a regular basis mm-hmm. where well, we know what God says in his word, but. And so we yeah. put our butt in the way of God's of obedience to God's word, and that's what these women are doing. Right. So if we can help them to understand that and see that, are you really trusting God? Yeah, I trust God. I believe abortion is wrong, but mm-hmm. well, don't you see how you're you're kind of putting your butt in the way of God's mm-hmm. truth? Maybe not mm-hmm. say it that way, but maybe you do. I don't know. It could be <laughs> helpful. But just helping them to understand what trusting God actually looks like, that it doesn't just look like words. It looks like actions. Yeah. And if you're trusting the Lord and you believe that he would never have you to have an abortion— and that he's faithful, and he's been faithful in the past, he's going to be faithful in the future, why not just leave this place? Right. I also think it's helpful in that it is exposing, really, whether they have submitted their lives to God. I believe that probably most of the women coming to an abortion center probably have not. Yeah. But... uh most of them, I think, would tell me, yes, they have. In right. fact, most of them do tell me, yes, I have. Right. And when you start asking questions like you suggested, then they come to a realization, maybe I'm not following God. Maybe I haven't trusted God. And I think that is really important because then you can take them to the next step. Well, when do you intend to start? Yeah. How about right now? Because right now God is putting before you an opportunity that is difficult. And if your faith is to grow like any muscle, it's it needs to be exercised. And yeah. here's an opportunity for you to exercise that faith and trust him in this, this hard thing. The, the verse that came to me, or the story really, was the story of uh, David and Goliath yeah. in trusting God. Because David had been trained, and this is another principle, of spiritual growth, David had been trained in the smaller 
things, right? Yeah. Maybe you Fighting can speak to Fighting the lion that. and the bear. Right. Guarding yeah. his his father's sheep yeah. on the backside of the pasture. Yeah. And that's where, that was the training ground for David. Mm-hmm. And ultimately lopping off the head of that giant, yeah. defeating the, the army of the Philistines. Yeah. And that was a hard thing. I mean, he was yeah. facing the whole rest of the army is cowering, yeah. right? And this little boy yeah. with no armor. Yeah, and he took that giant down. And yeah. How did he do it? By trusting the Lord. That's right. By not being more afraid of the giant than he was of the Lord. Yeah. And that's uh, personally, from my experience as a young father, imagining having a child when I was 17 years old mm-hmm. was a Goliath. Yeah. And the anxiety and the fear that came with that was more than I could handle yeah. in my own strength. Yeah. And by God's grace, he gave me the ability. And I, I didn't become a Christian immediately, but mm-hmm. I knew it was by God's grace that I embraced fatherhood and did what mm-hmm. God had called me to do. Yeah. And I know my wife will say the same, being a young mother in that situation. So, um, and many of these women know the story of David and Goliath. She's right. st- sharing, like you like you said earlier, yeah. these biblical stories right. of the faithfulness of God and what God yeah. can do can help these women to relate to these certain truths. I think so, because COVID is a giant. The, the word giant is such a perfect word right. for so many of the struggles that we face because they do feel like coming against a giant. Mm-hmm. And back to something you said, you said you were not a believer at the time that you embraced fatherhood, not yet. But I believe I have seen it over and over again that when we walk as though we believed. God helps to increase our faith. For one thing, we see his goodness. Right. You saw, I'm sure you saw the benefits of that precious child. Yeah. And when you see that and you see, oh, what I almost did, and it begins to change your thoughts to, but look what God maybe prevented me from doing. And look at the benefit. And I think you do when we walk forth in obedience, even before we are really fully aware of who we're walking towards. I think God so graciously moves us even closer towards a true saving faith. Yeah, absolutely. God is I know is that merciful. happened in my life. Yeah. 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 Uh, in, in a certain sense, we have to trust. I mean, I don't know how else to articulate this, but we have to trust the Lord for these women. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they've got yeah. to take that step of faith, yeah. and they've got to trust the Lord. Yeah. But what I mean by that is we've got to share from our, I guess more than anything, share from our own testimony. Mm-hmm. Like we've trusted the Lord, and we've seen his faithfulness. Mm-hmm. So then maybe that's what I'm trying to say yeah. is we need to talk about what God has done in our lives mm-hmm. to help infuse hope in them to say, hey, God did this for me. Mm-hmm. That's why we'll share my testimony. Yeah. And I know that's why you'll share what God yep. has done in your life. Yep. We share our testimonies. Because our testimonies help other people to overcome because we're not special. Right. I don't think I'm some special person that God somehow would would move on behalf of me and nobody else. No. If God moved on my behalf, and I know me, I'm not a very very good guy apart from Christ. If he would move on my behalf, then he would move on behalf of these moms, these dads, because he's faithful and he's good and he's merciful and he's kind. So sharing our testimony is a powerful way to bring God into the equation to combat fear in the coronavirus situation, Mm -hmm. any other situation that Mm -hmm. we're dealing with. Yeah, because ultimately the gospel is the only answer to this terrible future that we're all 
gazing at right now, the only answer is that there is a God who loves us, a God who has called us to obey him no matter what. Yeah. No matter what is surrounding us, no matter what our circumstances or situation is. And in fact, that's sort of the last point, following God and encouraging these women to follow God, despite fear, brings great reward. Yeah. It's not just that you follow God and, you know, when you die, at least you're going to go to heaven and, yeah, life is going to be pure hell until then. (laughs) Right. But following God brings reward. And so Genesis 15.1 is a great verse to remind them of this. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not fear, Abram. I am a shield to you. Your reward shall be very great. Yeah. So God was encouraging Abram. At that time, it was Abram, not yet renamed Abraham. But his, uh, his reward was going to be great. And God, I love that, that image. God is a shield to him. Yeah. So God will protect him. Yeah. God prevents the slings and arrows from wounding him. Right. And ultimately, it comes in because that's the goal for us, not just, and I don't minimize by saying just, but not just to have this mom choose life for her baby, but ultimately to see her trust in the Lord, mm-hmm. to see her her life given to him, mm-hmm. and then the Lord, because we've seen him do it so many times, the Lord mm-hmm. turn that life around and use her and that child for his glory and for their good. Yeah, It's like when God is glorified through our lives, we reap the benefit from that. Now, as you said earlier, we're not talking all their troubles are going to go away and immediately as soon as they choose life and they put their trust in Jesus, they're going to find a great job and get a brand new car and all this other Mm -hmm. stuff. But we are talking about just practically the provision that God brings and the faithfulness of God in these situations. God does promise to provide for our needs. Yeah. You know, the Bible tells us that God will provide all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Right. Not a prosperity preacher message, because it does say needs, not wants. Right. He's not going to send a BMW necessarily. He well, might, maybe but. if you need it, he will. <laughs> but right. I doubt that he will, because I doubt anybody needs that. Um, the point is, though, that God is faithful, and God brings provision. The devil's a liar, and, and the devil oftentimes operates in the realm of fear mm-hmm. and uses fear to drown out faith and trust. And so as sidewalk counselors, as those that are ministering to abortion-minded women in the midst of this pandemic, mm-hmm. we need to bring faith into the equation. Yeah. We need to bring the character of God into the equation, that God is faithful. Mm-hmm. And we do that, of course, by sharing stories from the, from the Word of God, mm-hmm. like we shared about earlier. Mm-hmm. Also about sharing testimonies. Mm-hmm. If you guys have a testimony of God being faithful, and I'm sure you do, mm-hmm. sharing that testimony, whether it has to do with pregnancy or or anything to do with abortion or coronavirus or anything about right. what we've talked about, just talking about the faithfulness of God helps encourage people that they can trust him. Yeah. And I think we all have a story of, of fear in the face of uncertainty, which I think is at the crux of the coronavirus fear is the uncertainty. And Abraham is a, actually a perfect story of that because he was told by God, go to a land. I'm not going to tell you what it is, yeah. but you're going to go. And you'll be the father of many nations, and they're old, and his wife is infertile. Right. You know, I mean, if, if that's not like looking at a very uncertain future and promise and, and wondering how on earth could this possibly 
be brought about, but Abraham goes. Yeah. And he faces a lot of struggle. There's a lot of struggle. And there's a lot of backsliding even in his life. But ultimately, God's promises proved true. Yeah. And Abraham did indeed become the father of many nations through Isaac. And the Israelites, God's people, were finally ultimately led to the promised land. Yeah. The great reward. Yeah. And then ultimately Jesus, the Messiah, comes through That's that right. line. And yeah. many are saved around the world who yeah. are after the line of Abraham, which is those who are faithful, those yeah. who put their trust in the Lord. Yeah. So it's just awesome to see what the Lord does. And it's all throughout this podcast um, we've talked about really two words, fear and faith. Mm-hmm. To know that this mm-hmm. coronavirus, and again, as we started out, we need to meet people where they're at, mm-hmm. not legitimize their fears, but understand their fears, mm-hmm. that they're afraid of the future, they're afraid of the coronavirus, they're afraid of maybe what the effects of coronavirus may be on their baby. Mm-hmm. But bring faith into the equation that mm-hmm. God is trustworthy, that God will see them through if they'll put their trust in him. Mm-hmm. Bringing faith into the equation and trusting in the Lord will yeah. help these women mm-hmm. to uh, to do the right thing, put their trust in the Lord, and babies will be saved. Yeah, yeah. And now, um, in the first few months, we were seeing an uptick in abortions. Frankly, today we saw Mondays are used to be a really, really busy day. It hasn't been, and we're thinking, well, in a sense, in maybe coronavirus is helping because it's keeping young people apart. And yeah, so <laughs> there's not as much need I guess. Uh, in their eyes for an abortion. People aren't becoming pregnant. Uh, maybe. I don't know. We're, it's just another little theory running sure. around out there. But but uh, but yeah, but ultimately, the, the main point is that coronavirus is terrible. It is causing, at least it is causing a great deal of uncertainty and fear. And we are facing that in the yeah. women coming but that doesn't mean that we don't have an answer. The answer is always the answer. It's Jesus. It's yeah. the gospel. It's sharing the the only hope that there really ever is, no Amen. matter what you face. Amen. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, we appreciate you listening to us. If you have any subjects you'd like for us to cover along this line, along you know, sidewalk counseling, sidewalk outreach, um, abortion clinic ministry, or just abortion in general that you would like for us to cover, shoot those ideas over to us. If you have guests that maybe you would suggest us reaching out to or you can connect us with that we could have on the podcast, we'd love to do that. We do appreciate you guys listening. And until next time, God bless. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude. I know it will cost me my life. Nothing's too precious since I met you